And at the same time, I was praying. I'm like, God, I want to be used by you. I want to impact people around the world. I want to advance your kingdom. And so in a church service, the Lord whispered to me. He said, Matt, I want to use you, but you've got to get pure. And I knew what he was saying. He was saying, you got to quit porn if you ever want to be used really powerfully in your life. And so I, I quit porn and, and pretty soon after the Lord called me into this ministry. Um, but what happened in the first couple of years after the call was he started drawing me into intimacy with him, but he also started drawing me into intimacy with other people. Hello and welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh and I am a co-founder of the Union Movement alongside my wife, Bonnie. And here at the Union, if this is the first time that you've checked out our podcast, we are all about helping people find wholeness in sexuality, identity, relationships, and really experience the beauty of God's design for all these areas. And uh, if you are a return listener, thank you so much for coming back. And we pray uh, that this continues to be a blessing in your life and a refreshing uh, tool experience for you in your life, where as you as you get to hear truth and hear testimony of what God does in all of these areas. We would love it if you would comment and share this podcast, subscribe. This helps us to be seen by more and more people. Uh, today, I am super excited to sit down with Matt Klein from Restored Ministries. Um, just an awesome, awesome conversation that we have today talking about how God uh, identifies shame patterns in our life and help, really helps us to see shame patterns in our life and really walks us out of those things when it comes to porn addiction, when it comes to sexual sin, things that we've been involved with that lead us to shame. God has a way of leading us out of that. And also we talk about how really God begins to make us whole. We unpack some of the key distinctives of his ministry, Restored Ministries, and um, really it's just such a great conversation. So I know you're going to love it. Get your notebook out, get your heart open, and I believe that God's going to speak to you through this conversation and uh, and help you to live free and to live restored. So here's my conversation with Matt Klein. All right, so we're here with Matt Klein from Restored Ministries. Matt, thank you so much for joining us here on the Union Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I just love everything that you guys are doing and your mission, and so it's an honor to partner with you. Yeah, absolutely. And we're fellow Canadians here, so we're we're like family. You know what I mean? We're family in Christ, but we are true Canadian family, and so uh, it's always great to connect with Canadian ministries that are just really passionate about sexual health, helping people find freedom. So, um, just for our listeners and for us to understand a little bit more of what you do at Restored, um, yeah, tell us tell us about your vision, mission, values, and kind of what you guys are all about. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Our, our mission is to see a million people set free, um, from porn addiction, from sexual bondage awesome. by, by 2030 and not only set free, but to live powerfully in their identity in Christ. And so, um, what we're all about is just restoring the church back to sexual health and, and working with men who are addicted, uh, women who are addicted, uh, partners, typically wives and girlfriends of, of men who are obviously stuck in sexual sin. And so, there's so many different kinds of sexual sin that people get involved with. And then there's so many different ways that people get affected by it. And so we're just trying to be a platform and in an organization where people can come no matter where they're struggling and how they're struggling and they can get support. And so it's fun because we see a lot of freedom. We see a lot of transformation. We go into the darkest places of people's lives um, as they allow us to go in with them. And we're able to see, 
the light of God come in and the grace of God and uh, just, you know, tears flowing and uh, people saying, Oh, I feel so light and I feel so free. And uh, so it's a lot of fun, but that's uh, that's kind of in a nutshell, what we're all about. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. And it's, yeah, we've, we've said it several times here on the podcast that like when you're, when you allow God to step into that, that broken place and you're willing to, to let that wall down, like there's just so much freedom available just in the power of disclosure. You know what I mean? Just talking about, um, you know, what's gone on in your life and in your past. So, so value that now this, this, this ministry that you run is obviously definitely, you know, is mostly connected to, um, what God has done in your life. And we so value testimony because I think it gives, um, people permission to believe for change in their own life. Cause if God did it in somebody else's life and he's not a respecter of person, so he can do it, uh, in their life. And that's what we, we just so value around here. So I'd love to hear your story. Um, you know, kind of how you grew up, how you came to Christ and just really what, uh, God's design for sexuality, kind of how that impacted your life and how it, you ended up walking in freedom in this area. Sure. Yeah. My, my story uh, goes back to, I guess I was five years old and I moved to Edmonton here where I live because my dad was a pastor. And so we got a church here that he, he started working at and, um, and he was a pastor before that. But once I was five, we moved here. Uh, I started playing hockey. That was my life. We got involved in the church. And so, uh, I ended up being pretty good at hockey. And so I, each team that I played on, I, I typically did pretty well and one of the top guys and, and so that became my focus. Um, sometimes when I speak to, to school groups, I joke with them. I say, I never touched Lego at all. When I was a kid, everything was just hockey. And they're all like, what right. Lego, <laughs> but I played with, uh, with mini sticks. I played, you know, we had a ping pong table in our basement and I put half of it up against the wall. So the other half with the legs was a, a hockey net and I could play down there in the basement and I'd play hockey video games. I'd play hockey in the garage, hockey in the street. So everything was hockey for me. And, and people in my family, different uncles, grandparents, uh, my dad, obviously a lot of them are in, are in ministry. And so people would ask me, are you going to be a pastor when you're older? And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, why would you ask that? I'm just going to be a hockey player. And, and so that was my life, but I always did love Jesus. I always had the conviction of living in the Christian life, but I never understood a relationship with him. I would grow up in, in church. I'd hear people on Sundays or whenever talking about this relationship that they had with Jesus. And I always would think as a kid, like he's this God high up in the sky. How do you have a relationship with Jesus? And I didn't understand it. And so I was 11 years old and a friend showed me pornography. And I instantly, I just, I was kind of appalled. I was like, why would people take pictures of themselves like that and put mm -hmm. them on the internet. And so I was appalled by it, but, but enticed too. And that's a common thing for people is when they see it, they're, they're curious, but they're, they feel shame. They feel guilt. They feel it's dirty, but they're, the enticement is so strong. And so I went home and we just got high speed internet, which not is not high speed, but, but it was what we had then. <laughs> just a step up from dial up, man. I remember. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One step up. Yeah. And so I, started searching and I got, I got addicted. And, uh, and so because my life was this conviction of living the right life for Jesus, but not knowing him intimately, but then my, my passion was hockey. I would go to hockey and I'd hear other people talk about pornography in the dressing room, 
but I always had this conviction going, but I know what, I know that, that, that this is wrong. And so I never would open up with people, but then I'd go to church and I wouldn't really fully fit in there because my focus was more hockey. And so I grew up knowing Jesus, but not really understanding deep relationships at all. And I was 21 now and, and I was done hockey. I, I got a career ending concussion when I was 18 and, and, uh, and I came back home and didn't really know what, what I was doing with my life, but I started just kind of pursuing different, different ventures. And so I was 21 and, and I remember thinking, I don't want to be, you know, dating a girl with these images in my mind. And so I want to be porn free for a year before I date somebody. And I just, I was in the middle of watching porn. I closed the computer. I literally didn't get tempted for like eight months. Didn't even think about it. And so I just thought I was free. I thought I've made this good decision. I'm going to commit to a girl. Uh, I'm free. And so I didn't watch any porn for, for over two years. And in the whole time I had grown a little bit with Jesus, but not to the point where, where I was passionately pursuing him, where I was in the word, where I was giving him glory for things in my life. And so my freedom from pornography was more just, I made a good decision. I'm not going to have it in my mind when I'm dating somebody. And so over two years later, not really ever thinking about pornography, I was working for a guy and, and, uh, and he mentioned something about this, this porn site that he had seen the night before. And it was something that he had just found and he thought it was really cool. And he was describing it. And I made a foolish decision because what he was talking about was not something that I was into at all. And so I said to him, what was the name of the site? And I don't know why I said it to him, but I had just gotten an iPhone. And so that night I was curious and I was thinking, well, if I go and see what he's talking about, I'm not into it. I'm not going to get hooked. I'll just go look for 30 seconds. And so I did, but then immediately I just went back to my old go-to site. And, uh, and I was hooked more than ever. The next two and a half years, I was in the thick of this porn addiction in my twenties. And so I was praying the whole time. I'm going, God, why, why did I have something that was strong enough before? I didn't want to date a girl for a year. That was strong enough for me to be free. Now that's not strong enough. Why? Like, give me something. I don't understand why I'm so hooked. Give me something that's like an anchor strong enough for me to hold on to. And at the same time I was praying, I'm like, God, I want to be used by you. I want to impact people around the world. I want to advance your kingdom. And so in a church service, the Lord whispered to me, he said, Matt, I want to use you, but you've got to get pure. And I knew what he was saying. He was saying, you got to quit porn if you ever want to be used really powerfully in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I, I quit porn and, and pretty soon after the Lord called me into this ministry. Um, But what happened in the first couple of years after the call was he started drawing me into intimacy with him, but he also started drawing me into intimacy with other people. I had never known deep relationships. I didn't really feel like I fit in in hockey fully. I didn't feel like I fully fit in in church. And so part of intimacy with the Lord is that that's my strength for how to get free, but it also leads to fruit in my life. And so he was saying, I want to work through you. I want to advance my kingdom through you, but you got to get pure how to do that is to be intimate with me. I'll keep you pure. I'll work through your life, but I'll also bring rich relationships into your life. And so it's really amazing when you see people getting free, um, the transformation that happens in the depth of relationships and in the fulfillment and the impact that they're having through their life. 
it's really, really amazing. And so we just so often focus on, I've got this porn addiction and all of our focus is there, but it's like, man, what, what does God have for you? That's so much better in your life. And, and he really can do a work. And so our ministry, the, the focus of our ministry based on our story, like you're saying, it's, it's kind of came from what God did through me is I, I tell people all the time, my focus is not to get you free from porn. And they're like, what? This is a porn ministry. I'm like, yeah, I know. But ultimately it's a Jesus ministry. And so our focus is I want to get you full of, uh, of the love of the father. And I want to get you rooted in your identity in Christ. Because when you do that at first Peter four, verse one, it says that when you, you suffer in your body, if you arm yourself with the same attitude that Christ had, sin will cease in your life. And so when you can think like Christ, be in your identity, be full of the love of God, uh, man, it's beautiful. The freedom that comes. Man, I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that's so true. Cause like even the work that we do here at the union is not, is not just to be a, a sexual health ministry, but is to, to really just make clear the design for God. That is, that is actually good. It's like, God's not anti-sex. You know what I mean? He made Adam and Eve naked to begin yeah. with, you know what yeah. I mean? And he's not anti-sex and actually gave a commandment to be fruitful and multiply. So there's only one way to do that. So, that's right. um, you know what I mean? But like, it is, it is just about really revealing the heart of God too, because I think, I don't know if this maybe plays into your story, but if we don't understand the instruction or the command, you know, like we're going to, or if we don't understand the intention and the, the motivation of the heart of God behind a command, we're going to think it's like, well, he's just trying to ruin our fun. You know what I mean? And he's just trying to keep something from us, which sounds a lot like the garden in the beginning, but um, I would love to hear from you, like in that moment where you, you heard the Lord speak to you, that whisper to you, what, what were the next steps um, for you personally? Like, did you go and talk to somebody? Did you go like, what did that look like? Um, and how would you encourage somebody who's maybe in that position right now? Yeah. So it, it's funny. I actually, well, it's not funny, but I actually did watch porn one time after that. And I, and I remember it. And I, I remember thinking, this is kind of like, like, you, you know, you're going to break up with someone, but you're taking them on one last date. Like I knew that it was my last time. And so I don't know why I did it, but I did that. But I knew that that was done. I don't know how, I think that the Lord was just drawing me into a new way of living. Um, but what I did was I started talking to people about what the Lord had said. And, and so it was three weeks after that, that I had this really supernatural experience that I had never had before. And, and God came into my room. It was 4am, but I was, I was still awake and, and, and I was, on, I was in my living room actually, but I was on my couch and I, and God, like the presence of God came into my room and I was going like, what is going on? And something, I don't know if it was Jesus or an angel, I don't know, but it was over top of my right shoulder and just said to me, I want you to go start this ministry. And, and, and so I just, right there, I started taking notes on my phone about what I could do, who I could talk to. And so I started going and talking to people uh, that were ministry leaders, pastors, uh, and just asking, Hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I've just come out of. This is where the Lord is leading me. What do you think I should do? And so I started getting really good advice from people about how to, how to be intimate with Jesus, how to make a difference for him. And so I remember I started a group uh, of guys and they were coming over, over in my week 
uh, over to my place every week. And, and, uh, this is about a month after I was free of porn and I knew nothing about how to help people, <laughs> but I did know how to lead them to Jesus. And so I remember I was, I was tempted one night and, and I was thinking, man, I thought I was free. And now I'm getting tempted, which of course, we're always going to be tempted. If there's a tempter in this world, he's going to yeah. come after us. Those are two uh, different things. Being free and being tempted are two different things. So, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so I remember thinking, um, man, if I, if I get through this temptation by calling on Jesus, I've got a story now to tell people. And so when the guys come over, I can tell them. And so that was part of my journey in realizing that when I'm weak, I need to talk to people. Hmm. And when I'm weak, I need to call on Jesus. And so after that happened, uh, I, I, I really did make it a, a focus effort that I, I'm going to be open with struggles. I'm going to be talking to people. And so I, I look at people that come into our ministry and I actually really honor them a lot because I wasn't as open throughout my journey as what I encourage people to do. But a lot of people are more open. And, and once I got free of it, I realized that to, to not go back into temptation or back into addiction, like I did before, I need to be open. And so being open, walking in the light, talking to people, getting counsel, and learning how to bring Jesus into those hard times in life. Those were some of the things that kept me free once I had already had a few weeks or a few months of freedom. But now those are the things that I encourage people to do once they're still in the addiction um, mm. to, to help them break free. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you, like your whole process within Restored, like, like if somebody comes to you and is like, hey, I, I need to make this change. This, this area of my life is out of control and I, I want to honor God. I want to, I want to get free. What does that process look like? Yeah. From a program angle, uh, our, our main program is the Pure Freedom Journey, and there's 52 weeks of training in there, and so there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, and and we train our leaders, and so the our, every leader that leads a group, they we put them through training. We meet with them uh, every month, and then weekly there's contact between the leaders, and so there's there's a high level of support. We also do live teachings, live Q and A, and all of that. So that's from a process angle. But what we do with people is we want to help them get everything out. Mm -hmm. This is so key to help them living free because secrets, when they're in the dark, they fester, they grow, they, they have a stronghold on us. But when we can get that out, there's a certain level of freedom that comes, but then mm -hmm. you can really start looking at the heart. And so one of the simplest things that you can do with people is go, why do you fall? Like what leads you to falling? What leads you to stumbling? And when you can look at the process that leads you to sin, you can see exactly the process that, that you need to go uh, on in healing. And so when someone says, for example, well, it's always when I'm alone that I struggle. Well, we don't go, okay, what, how can we modify that behavior? How right. can you just never be lonely? How could you, right. you, you know, play a video game instead of watch porn? Um, there might be an element to that, but more so it's, what is that showing you about your heart? What's the longing of your heart? The longing of your heart is that you probably really want connection. Was there a part of your life in your past where that was violated, where there was maybe a traumatic experience that you've never dealt with, where you felt like you wanted connection with maybe your mom or your dad, but they just abused you or they neglected you. And, and you've just felt that longing ever since, but it's been empty. 
um, you, you, you can learn so much about the longings of the heart from going, what leads me to sin? And this is sexual sin or anything else, but this is the process that we take people through is what are the, what are, what can we identify about what leads you to sin? What can we identify about your, your heart? And then how can you learn how to have God fill that piece of your life? How can you also learn that maybe God is already filling that piece of your life? Mm. And I'll, I'll explain that. There was a man one time who, uh, every time he would watch porn, he, he, he was lonely. He wanted connection. He wanted deep friendships. And he would say to me, I just don't have anybody to call on in those moments. I feel so lonely. I just want to be with people. And so I said to him, if I, if you had to make a list of all of the people that if they had nothing on their schedule and you could call them up for help, how long is that list? And he went, Oh, that's a long list. And so I'm going, okay, hold on a sec. You just said that in those moments, you feel like you're all alone, like you have nobody to call. But then you said you have a long list of people that value you enough mm. that you can, you, you can call them when you need to. And so what he was seeing was he was seeing the lack, he was seeing the void, but he wasn't seeing how actually God has put people in his life to fill that, that, that need or that longing of connection. Mm. And so when he can see that, okay, God, you've done this for me. But also in this moment, you're the one that wants to connect with me. You're the one that wants to fill me. You can start to see how God will fill your, your, your longings and also how practically he's put people or situations in your life to fill your longings. And, and, and it's a beautiful thing where you focus on being filled. You don't focus on just resist, resist, resist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work in discipline to discipline myself with self-control and, and not watch porn. It's okay. What's the longing? How could I be filled by this longing? And then I don't need to escape anything because my heart is satisfied. And so it's a really transformative process. Yeah. I absolutely love that because I think, and I'd love to hear, hear this from you, like even like maybe stats or something around it too, but like this idea that sexual temptation is not just a flesh issue. It's not just like a body issue, but is a heart issue is really kind of like it's really confusing to a lot of people, right? Because oh, this is like our, our natural kind of go-to is like, okay, I need to stop this. So I'm just going to, just going to white knuckle it. Just going to hold on and just get through. And like, I'm going to string it together a few weeks and you know, right. Like yeah. and you become really let you actually become fleshly motivated in the sense that you're fighting fire. You're like, you're fighting fire with fire, essentially your own ability, your own strength. But like, when you start to unpack some of this stuff, like how many people actually have a legitimate emotional pain and trauma that they need to unpack. Like if you were to guesstimate, like how many per- the percentage of people who come to you looking for help have some sort of woundedness in their own heart? I would say 100%. It's constant across the board. Mm-hmm. And the woundedness, there's three areas of trauma that we go into. There's a big, big trauma. So a, a really common one is sexual abuse. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of people come to us and like, I've never talked to anybody about this. I've never worked through it. Uh, you know, I talked to my parents when I was young, when it first happened, but they never brought it up again. So I just felt like I couldn't talk to someone. So sexual abuse, um, you know, it could be a divorce. It could be a, a huge financial loss. That's a big trauma. There's other repeated traumas that are smaller. It could be, you know, you get, there's multiple situations in your life where, you wanted to do well in a test and you didn't do as well, or you wanted to be 
you know, friends with, with a specific person. And this happens five or six times and you don't get that friendship. So those are little things, but repeated over time, it starts to really wear on us. And so mm-hmm. there's a, there's a trauma response that's, that's established then. And then the third one that we go into is neglect. And this is one that a lot of people don't recognize, but when you're, when you experience neglect from typically it's your, your parents or the main ones and you want love from them that you just don't get. It's really interesting with MRI scans, does the same effect on your brain happens from neglect that it does from the, one of these big traumatic experiences. Wow. And so it's, it's really, really powerful that when people come in, they're going, okay, yeah, I, I didn't ever get sexually abused, but I was neglected. I didn't get the love from my mom that I ever wanted. And so then we go into fantasy. What's your fantasy? Well, my fantasy life all, all revolves around women in authority being the dominant one in sex. And so I go to stepmom and stepson porn, or I go to, you know, where they're the teacher and I'm the student because they never got the, the love from their mom. And so the fantasy life is a direct indication of the trauma. And 100% of people that come in to our ministry, there's something, I mean, we're all wounded people. We're all sure. in life. There's all, mm-hmm. there's brokenness in all of us. And so one thing that we find really powerful is teaching, not just, how to get through an event, how to work through one specific traumatic event, but establishing principles in you of how to overcome trauma, how to get um, rooted and established in the Lord. So how to practically speaking, what does forgiveness look like for you? How can you understand the principle of forgiveness and how to walk in forgiveness, not just forgive one time, thankful in all circumstances. How can you apply that biblical principle to your trauma, to your woundedness, to your Mm -hmm. brokenness? How do you apply that to your temptation? And so it's a really powerful thing to go. What are the principles that God wants to establish in me as I work through the woundedness and the the hard things in life? So good. So good. We've talked a lot on the podcast about shame. And I think shame is kind of one of those kind of buzzwords in the world that we live in. Um, but how do you help people recognize shame? Cause one of, one of the things we've said quite often is shame will always try to keep you from where it can be broken, but how do people realize that they're actually walking in shame and how do you help people recognize those patterns? I'm curious about what you said. Can you expand just quickly? Oh, yeah. So I think uh, shame, like will lie to you about who you are. So like, if you, if you cross a line, this is how we have unpacked it. If you cross a line, you cross a boundary that God has set forward. And there are sometimes a consequence that of that is guilt and shame. You've done something wrong. You've crossed a boundary. And now like you look in the garden, Adam and Eve, they were naked and unashamed. Right. But then when they ate of the tree, they were ashamed and they hid themselves. So there's this reality to sin that it changes the way you see yourself. It also changes the way you see God because now you're hiding from God. And it changes the way you think God sees you, right? Because they were afraid. They were totally. afraid from God, you know? And so um, sometimes like God allows a certain sense of shame in, in the very general sense to come almost as like a father disciplines a child. You know what I mean? Like, hey, don't go down there. Like you've crossed the line. You need to know that you've crossed the line here. And there's this sense of something has changed, right? So God allows that. But his desire is that it would cause you to come into a place where it could be healed and it could be disclosed and brought into the light and and healed. But sometimes when shame lingers too long, 
um, it will try to keep you from that place, right? It starts to form a pattern in our, in our mind about who we are and it starts to try to disqualify us from freedom. So you gave it, you gave an option there for a preacher to give a a definition behind something. So I apologize for (laughs) taking too much of your time. I want to hear your thoughts on it, but like, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we mean by that is sometimes when shame lingers too long, it can keep you from stepping into that place of freedom and you, you develop a, a mindset around that, but how do you, that's right. um, yeah. how do you help people recognize those patterns and then break through and step into freedom? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, this is, this is one of the most powerful things for someone to learn because it's like you said, it disqualifies you from freedom. So Christ came to set us free. He wants us to walk in freedom. He gave us this new identity that's free of, of, of being trumped and controlled by sin. And so shame then comes in. I, I like to give this picture is that he, the enemy will wrap us with shame. He'll wrap us up so that it hinders our walk. And then he can control how, how, how fast we walk, how freely we walk because he's got us wrapped up in shame. And it's one of the primary weapons of the enemy like you mentioned, Adam and Adam and Eve right away, they have mm-hmm. shame and mm-hmm. they didn't even, they didn't even, uh, it, it's so funny, this picture, they could see the other person that the other person was naked, but they didn't realize that they were naked until they had shame. And so what shame does is it's, it's looking at you, you're looking at you. So and this is how to recognize shame. And there's two levels of, of recognizing shame. One is from things that we've done. So we watch porn, we masturbate, we, we look somebody up and down, uh, we steal something, we lie, whatever. So the shame comes from that. But the shame from that often gets, uh, it gets rooted or, or it just confirms an inner belief that's already in us. And so there's beliefs that happen from our younger years often from these traumatic events or from the repeated disappointments in life or words that were spoken over us that we've agreed with. And so there's a deeper level of shame where that's what we call a shame pattern. It's a pattern of your life. And now when we sin, that just confirms the pattern. And Mm -hmm. so I've just believed that I'm a disappointment. I just believe that I'm no good. I believe that I'll never do anything great in my life. And so then you watch porn and you go, well, it just makes sense. This is who I am. Of course, I'm not going to ever conquer this. I'm never going to be free of this because I'm a disappointment. I can never do anything great. Mm -hmm. But then when you can unpack that and you go back to your childhood and like, who said that? And well, one thing that we like to do is we bring God into those memories and we go, what is God showing you about that memory? Can you picture in your mind's eye where Jesus was in that memory? Mm -hmm. If God is omnipresent, if he's everywhere, and we have a memory or a fantasy or a thought where Jesus isn't there. It's an incomplete memory. And so we've got to bring Jesus into these memories where it was first established that we are no good. And we got to go, Jesus, how do you see that? How do you see me? What's the truth that I can hold on to? Just this morning, I was leading the group and we were leading them through this, through memories and, and just the beliefs and the lies that they have believed about themselves. And we just said, man, let's renounce these lies. Let's like, let's just say that we are not agreeing with them anymore. And so in the name of Jesus, I renounce this lie. It has no power over me anymore. God, your truth is what I'm going to agree with. Thank you. And I pray that you get this established in me so powerfully so that I can walk free. And so we got to understand the shame patterns 
from our life? What are the things that we tell ourselves? Um, what are the things that, that sin causes us to tell ourselves? And does that confirm a, a memory or a belief that we've had for a long time? When you can start to do this and be aware of your thoughts and the way you speak to yourself, you really can identify shame patterns in your life. And, and, you know, a lot of times we can think of our thoughts, we can ponder, we can analyze our thoughts, but a lot of times with deeper things, we actually are not aware of the stronghold or, or what we believe. And so we got to also be praying and go, God, can you reveal things in my heart that I've believed about myself? Can you reveal shame patterns in me? And then just sit silently before the Lord. And you might not hear anything where you're like, oh, it's not a big booming voice, but it might be a thought. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I was doing this with a guy who doesn't even really know Jesus. I don't even know if he's saved or not, to be honest. He, I had him open to first Thessalonians and he said, is this old Testament or new Testament? Like he wasn't sure. Right. And so this is where he's at, but I was having him go, Kate, like Jesus speak to me about whatever it was. And he's going, I didn't really hear anything, but this memory just came back to me. And I've never thought about this memory. And this is what I believed about myself from this memory. And so wow. it's really cool when you can pray to God and say, reveal things and just sit in silence and listen. And God will bring things to mind that he wants to address. Yeah. I love it. Cause I, again, this is just very counterintuitive to a lot of people, right? When we talk about addiction, we talk about these things. It's like, all right, well, you've got to be disciplined and you've got to have the filters, which nobody's, nobody's suggesting don't get a filter, right? If it's, yeah. if it's really out of control, man, you got to do what you got to do, right? Like you got to fight yeah. to win. So, um, but like this idea that it's not, it's not in your own strength. This is, this is actually just not about you as a, as a sexual being. It's not just about your sexuality. It's about your personhood that the Lord is after. And I think that's yeah. the, the genuine, genuine motivation of purity and, and true sustainable sexual purity is actually the direction and the position of your heart, you know, and yeah. I, I love, I love your approach here. This is so good. It's, it's really amazing and powerful. And Jesus wants us to, to be powerful in him. Mm -hmm. Like he wants us to feel like, and live out that we're more than a conqueror. He wants us to live in this way. And so if we're constantly defeated, it's, it's indicating that, that there's something going on in our heart. I remember last year, it was about nine months ago and I wasn't experiencing joy like I wanted to and like I have in the past. And so I had no idea what was going on, mm. but I said, God, why am I not having joy? Like I want to. And I prayed that for probably a couple of weeks and he revealed to me, he said, just to be transparent and parent, he said, Matt, you've got bitterness and unforgiveness towards your wife that you've never dealt with. And I went, Oh, Oh my gosh, this wow. is amazing. I didn't, I didn't realize it, but I was pumped because I'm like, I know that the Lord is revealing things to me that now can lead me to freedom. Yeah. And so the first opportunity I got with my wife, I said, honey, I got to talk to you. And it was like, not a heavy conversation. It was light. Cause I'm like, we're moving to freedom, honey. And I just shared that with her. And she's like, thank you for sharing. It's all good. I forgive you for that too. And, wow. and it was all good. And so sometimes when we're not feeling free, we're stuck in addiction. It's like, God, what, what do I have to do? Like, what am I believing? What's, what, have, what's something that I'm not addressing? Mm -hmm. But once you get freedom, I just want to give a picture of what that's like, because he, he really wants us, like I say, to live in victory and to live confidently. Mm -hmm. And so uh, last week I was doing a staff training at a church um, I guess I was, I was speaking twice. I was doing a staff training uh, in the afternoon. I was doing 
uh, a young adults talk at night. Um, and so the night before I was praying or I was preparing these talks and it was kind of late and being alone and being up late are two triggers for me. Mm-hmm. So I know that when I look back in my past, I, even when I look back in the last few years, times when I've been tempted, that's when it happens. I'm alone and I'm up late. And so here I am, I've got two talks to prep. I'm up late working. My wife's in bed. My kids are in bed. And, and just, this is something that happens for me sometimes because of the nature of what I do. I was researching something about pornography and I forget what it was, but the first thing that came up was a porn site. And for about three seconds, I sat there and I thought, Oh, there's something on the other side of that. Like there's something exciting there. And just like, I got a feeling in my body, but I haven't had, I, I mean, I haven't had a sexual fantasy even for a long time or temptation or anything. And so this was a new experience relevant to the last few months or time of my life. And so I was sitting there for about three seconds thinking there's something exciting. And then I just went, Oh, this is cool. God, this came up and now I get to live in victory. And yeah. I just put it away and I just kept on preparing and I was fine. Yeah. And, and so when we teach the addiction cycle, it's you get triggered, but then if you don't deal with it, then you lead into fantasy, then you lead into rationalization. So it mm-hmm. goes around. But if you can deal with a trigger that comes up, it's like, you never even have to go into fantasy. You don't have to go into sin. And so I love teaching this revelation to people where we go, you don't have to be scared of temptation because actually temptation is an opportunity for you to see what's in your heart and to draw close to the Lord. And if you're walking in freedom, man, I'm like, the tempter is going to come. He's going to wait for an opportune time. But if he comes and he tempts me, I can just now live in victory. Mm -hmm. And this is how the Lord wants us to live. And so it doesn't always just have to be that there's just, oh, my life is hard. No, it's like, oh, I get to live in victory because the Lord has set me free. And it's really real, not just for me, but for a lot of people. Absolutely. You know, and I think how... The Bible talks about like many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them, delivers them from them all. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like our life is actually not without battle or without trial or without temptation, but even in the midst of those things, God provides the, the way of escape. God provides the, the necessary tools to overcome. And I think like, here's maybe an interesting thought to it is like, it puts muscle on our spiritual being. You know what I mean? That we, we face temptation. We've trusted God and then now boom, we're stronger. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, this is, this is the disciplining of the Lord that, that a lot of times when we think about discipline, we think that like God's given us a spanking, you know what I mean? But discipline of the Lord is training, equipping, you know, teaching, you know? And it, it um, is, um, think about this biblically, the people of God were lost in the wilderness for 40 years. They're going in circles. They're complaining. Mm-hmm. They're not spirit led. They're agreeing with lies of the enemy. They're going against their leader, all of this stuff. And so I never could recognize or, or could reconcile. Why did Jesus pray? Lead us not into temptation, but then he got baptized and the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. Right. Like, how do I reconcile that? And so what came to me was, this is just recent, but God redeems everything. He wants to redeem the moments where we, where we failed, where we stumbled. He wants to redeem us. Jesus gets baptized. He's full of the spirit. He goes into the wilderness, which is the exact place where the the children of God were lost and were agreeing with the enemy. Mm. And so he goes in not for 40 years, but for 40 days 
in the fullness of the spirit, he overcomes the temptations. So he redeems the wilderness. And then he comes out of that in the power of the spirit. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not like, oh, I'm scared of the wilderness. This got me down before. It's, hey, this got me down before, but now God has given me an opportunity to, to experience the fullness of his spirit working in me so that I can come out of this in the fullness of, or, or in the power of the spirit, mm-hmm. just like what you're saying. And so it really does strengthen our spiritual muscles where we can face these things and call on the Lord and come out stronger than ever. Absolutely. I love it. Because, you know, what I was even thinking too is in Hebrews, I think it's a ladder, I think it's Hebrews 12, but it's the latter chapters of Hebrews where it talks about like not to despise the discipline of the Lord because yeah. he disciplines us for our good so yeah. that we might share in his holiness. Right. And this is what we were talking about before. Like God wants us to live victorious. God wants us to be an overcomer, wants us to be um, walking in the freedom that he's purchased, but it comes through that process. And, and a lot of times we want to jump from captivity to the promised land. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to walk through the wilderness, but like you're even saying like this was Jesus has come and redeemed the wilderness for us so that we can walk through the wilderness, the healing, the, the necessary time that's needed to then take us into the promised land so we can experience what God has paid for. And exactly. so you, you can't, you can't jump the discipline and you can't jump this working of the Holy spirit in our life. And I just love how you shared that, man. Like, how can we, how can we stay in touch with you? How can our listeners kind of stay um, connected to restored ministries and what you're doing? Yeah. Um, I, I, I will answer that. And I just want to give a practical thing to what I was just sharing sure. um, just to make it really real for people. So there's a man who I'm coaching right now in, in one-on-one coaching. So I was saying earlier about the groups, we have group support, but people can also get one-on-one coaching. Amazing. And, and so he has cheated on his wife for, it's about 18 years or so constantly. And she had no idea until recently. And so now he's separated and he's back home with his parents. And so he's in his thirties, but he doesn't want to be there. He's like, okay, I'm going to be here for like, like two weeks. And then I'm going to find a place to stay. And it's this whole thing, like pray for me to get a place to stay. He's telling everybody in his life. So he's telling me about when he got tempted as a kid. And when this started, well, it started the same year that his older siblings all moved out. So he's like, I looked up to them, but now they moved out. And now it was only me and my parents at home. And this is when my porn addiction started. Wow. So he wants to leave his house now, but I'm going, Hey buddy, do you hear everyone else in your life saying, saying like, why are you in a rush? Like, this is a good time. Just like spend time in the word, spend time in, in time in in prayer with the Lord. And one of his concerns is I'm worried that when I'm out of this, when I'm back to normal life and I'm back to my wife, back to work, that, that I won't be pursuing the Lord in the same way as I am now. And I said, do you see what God is doing? He's brought you back to live with your parents where you're the only one there, the same place that you struggled. Now you're pursuing the Lord. You're spending time in the word. You're in the wilderness now, but God is going to bring you out of that in the fullness of his power. Come on. So that Jesus never went back to 40 days in the wilderness. He just lived amongst people. He had dinners. He had, he, you know, he, he fasted at different times. He slept. He, he lived his life full of the power of the spirit that was established in the wilderness. And so this is something practical where you look at your life and this guy is going, Oh my gosh, like it totally shifted his perspective. And so that's why it's important that when we bring Jesus into our memories or into our current things, it's like, Hey, I'm thinking this way about me. 
I'm thinking I'm a failure because I'm in my thirties back at home. I have shame thoughts about myself, but God, what is your perspective on this? And it can totally flip shame upside down and we can start living free. And so just something practical that I hope you guys as listeners can take. Yeah. It's really powerful. And so if you want to stay connected, uh, restored underscore community on Instagram, we got stuff pretty much daily that goes out there. And I love connecting with people on DMS too. And uh, Facebook is restored ministries. Our website where all of the programs are is restored ministries.ca. And then we got our, our podcast to pure victory podcast. And, uh, and if you're out there and you're listening, you're just going, man, I, I just have stuff that I need to get off my chest. I just want to talk to somebody about my secrets, things that I've never told anybody, things that I've done or things that have happened to me. We got something that we call the cleansing hour and it's a beautiful option for people. I love doing cleansing hours and really it's, 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 it's kind of free to go where you want, but we have people I do them and also other people do them where we're trained to just help you get everything off your chest from, Mm. from your sins to your shame, to the beliefs about yourself. And so many people come in nervous and then so many people leave going, I feel so free at the end of it. And so that could be a first starting point for people. There's no set price. It's just whatever you want to donate to the ministry for that. So, and that's, that's just, is that just in person or is that something you can do online too? Online, pretty much everything we do is, is online 90% of it at least. So just sit on a zoom call and and we can work through some things. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much, man. I love what you've shared here. It's just been really, really encouraging, really refreshing stuff and really transformation, transformer, transformative stuff. If I can say it right, it's transformative stuff. And because really that's what Jesus has purchased for us all. It's not just behavioral modification, but transformation uh, from the inside out. Matt, thank you so much. We love what you're doing. Um, at Restored Ministries and look forward to staying in touch now. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to the Union Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, please visit our website, theunionmovement.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Union Movement.